Alright everyone, how you doing? I'm Sergio from the Dodgeball Podcast and here with me I have... Hi, my name's Ryan Neal, people call me Neely um, and I was the captain for the uh, men's GB cloth team in uh, the World Championships Canada. Hi everyone, uh, my name is Brett Koenig, I am a member of the gold medal winning squad for <laughs> Hello everyone, I'm Nathan David, I'm also a member of the GB men's cloth gold team. <laughs> And being modest, also the MVP. So I congratulations am. on that achievement. I am indeed the MVP. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> not a hint of not a hint of uh, shyness in in this group. I love it. So <laughs> here, I, I, as you could tell, I have the gold medal winning team from the cloth division and men's uh, worlds. Seemingly, that happened what two three weeks ago. So these gents have decompressed and they're willing to talk about their experiences as well as give their overall impression of the event. So let's start with Ryan. Um, first off, I want to apologize because I called you Neely and it's actually Neil. So that's my my bad. Dad, I'll, I'll answer to pretty much any name that you would be willing to give me. So don't you worry about that. <laughs> so let's talk about what it felt like. Do you remember the moment where you were when you found out that you were selected for the GB cloth team? Um, to be honest, I don't really remember the moment where... I can't remember really how we how they did it. I think it was like via email, perhaps. But um, yeah, but really, it wasn't that long ago because we kind of pulled it all together over, what, three months, really, before the championship. So, you know, once we got the team in, it was very like, we've got to get training sessions in, we've got to get got to get it all flowing and then before you know it we were just out there and doing the job so yeah it was a pretty crazy pretty crazy three months that's it <laughs> so you, it was yeah crazy you obviously didn't have enough time to uh process it all but you obviously went through the whole experience yeah um what about you brett where were you when you found out that you made the team uh, so originally i like made the team back way back when i think i got called by frank who's the, the manager of our team mm -hmm. um and i accepted the place but then uh, i had a number of things going on in the summer like holidays and uh, attending weddings and things like that so uh, i actually dropped out of, of playing because i i sort of couldn't stretch myself that far um and so you might see from the social media that i was added like late to the squad after the announcements were made um it became possible through my work that they were able to um, sort of make it possible that I could go out there. So I sort of frantically messaged Neely and Frank and sort of said, look, uh, if you'll have me, I'd like to come back. Um, and yeah, so it was a bit of a roller coaster for me. And then obviously getting out there and stuff was was great. Always good. Like the Team GB has been a bit of a, like a, a nearly team because obviously we had Edinburgh cancelled and then we had like, it's never quite, been a smooth sailing so it's good to actually get a full tournament under our belt nice and what about you nathan um i think mine is a little bit different to these two because i was originally picked purely as a foam player so i think that happened i think the foam squad was the foam men's or foam whatever was chosen first and that was like six months ago like six months before the tournament anyways and when I found out I was in that, obviously I was delighted. It was the first time that I played for GB. At the time, I was still working towards my England spot, working towards GB, like kind of floating through dodgeball, not really knowing where I was headed, didn't really know what was going on. And then to get that call up was obviously a huge relief because I thought, you know, I'm finally back in the big time. Like we can work towards something. And I didn't really know how to feel about being in the foam team, to be honest, because <laughs> it's something so new and... I didn't really know how good I was. I didn't really know how good we were as a team. And I didn't really know how how I felt about potentially not being in the cloth team. And obviously it's all worked out in the end, but at the time it was like a mix of emotions. Of course, I was, like I said, very proud of myself for making the foam team, but at the same time, it was a little bit like, let's see how it goes. And we know how it went, so that's that. Well, particularly for you, because you, you, you started thinking you or you were selected for that team and they got moved over to this one yeah so. it, was a, it was a bit of a <clears throat> it's a bit of a process to be fair and like Neely and Brett have been two uh two people to lean on in this sense as they usually have been in my dodgeball career to be fair but 
it was like going to Euros I had a really good tournament and on the back of that I spoke to the coaches spoke to captains and I was like I feel like there's a bit of a momentum wave to ride here and I wanted to continue that and I felt like I could offer the cloth team something that they didn't have and at this time we didn't know whether Brett was going to play or not this is this is like post euro so i don't can't remember the difference between was that like a month before worlds maybe pretty much uh, yeah so it was like just before brett had come back fully or maybe he was back but we didn't really know how much he was going to be able to play like if he's going to get out in time or anyway i felt like i had something to offer and like kind of the more i felt like i had to offer the more that i was like not frustrated but i just felt a bit lost like i didn't know where i fitted into the into the squad and i kind of I, I knew I could offer something in foam and something in cloth, but I wanted to, I don't know, I, I don't really do anything by half, so I wanted to give everything to both teams, which kind of isn't really possible. So there's a lot of back and forth, a lot of conversation with coaches, a lot of conversations with captain, and I'm sure we'll get into it, but we had a lot of training sessions in the build-up, and pretty much each one was kind of like a new conversation with a different coach or captain. And it all worked out, yeah, like I said, it all worked out in the end, I guess. So how does it feel like being in your particular position, having mentors and in, uh, in, in Brett and, and Ryan to lean on? There isn't a better place to be in, in the sport, let's be honest. Like when you've got these people that have achieved what they've achieved in the game and they've played for the clubs that they've played for, they've played for their national teams pretty much their whole dodgeball career. They've been there, they've seen it, they've done it. They've been through every situation and being able to lean on them <laughs> is nothing but a good thing let's be honest like I can pick their brains about anything and I know I think the most important thing is I know that they always give me honest feedback and it's always honest and constructive and if they felt like I was better suited to one team or a certain role I trust that they would tell me that and obviously that's only going to benefit me and I think what and they're also like I don't know. <clears throat> I don't really know the best way to put it. Like, not bigging you up, but like they make you feel good about yourself. Like they make me feel yeah. good in the role. And like constructive criticism is also coupled with a lot of support and a lot of love. And like that's needed in this kind of sport because you know it's self-funded. It's lonely. There's a lot of traveling involved. It's a. It's like it's elitist. Like you're training for hours and hours and hours. You're traveling for hours. You're playing for hours. Like there's a lot going on. And to have that love in your teammates from two such successful people like it means a lot to me and i think everybody's seen the benefit that it's had to me anyway and i'm sure there's there's countless other individuals nathan christopherson nick messer joe brown sam richards finley like just club mates and now international teammates that feed off people like ryan and brett that's that's a powerful lineage right there and um i'm sure if the <laughs> I'm sure they, they feel the same about having you on. I mean, for them to take time out of their day to, you know, mentor you in, in this case, because, you know, they obviously mentor other people as well. But we're just talking about you, Nathan. They see something in you. They see probably an easier path for you in the future that um, than what they had to go through. And they still, they still accomplished a lot. So, if anything, I would say they're just trying to make the path easier for you because they see something in you that... I would dare say you haven't realized the full extent of your potential based on what I've seen. And that's yeah. a scary, scary thought for anyone playing against you. Listen, like these two, these two are mentors, but make no mistake, like I want to be better than they've ever been. And they know that as well. And they know that's the drive. It's not possible. It's and, not possible. <laughs> yeah. people, people listening at home can't see the faces I can see right now, but you know, they're laughing. That's good. That's the, that's the relationship we've got. And that's what drives us to be better because those who don't want me to be better than them, and I want to be better. But in so, that, there's nothing but love in it. So it's all good. Yeah. So they're, they're like the two older brothers, uh, Punk and the younger brother. Exactly. <laughs> so, Brett and Ryan, you guys are some bullies, man. Is Nathan the only person uh, that you guys bully in that? In that, no, no, no. I think, I think, I think Neely's Neely's probably good cop, and I'm probably bad cop. Um, <laughs> Somehow, I believe that. I think, like, I think, like, me and ND are very similar, like, similar people in sports. Um, and so, I, I can speak really openly with Nathan um, and, and have frank discussions with him. Uh, and he's, you know, he's very level-headed off, off courts um, and, and on court for that matter. But he has that like edge to him, which I think you need, and he, you need to succeed. Um, and obviously, 
he's probably been playing for Meteors now, what, like three, four years now? Yeah, I think if you, the three, I think this maybe the, the fourth season because we had that like COVID stuff in the middle, but yeah. Yeah, so like three, four seasons. Um, I obviously, when, when he first joined, I thought like great potential and, you know, he could get to a certain level that would really enhance the team. Um, like, honestly, looking back, I think he's surpassed the level I thought he would get to. Um, and it's certainly been a memorable summer for him in terms of the way he's played. So uh, I just obviously want us to carry that on at club level to get that consistency and to sort of keep going. But um, it's a strong squad mentality and it's a strong like dressing room mentality. And I've been part of various different dressing rooms and different sports. And that GB one is really good because it has a lot of different dynamics. It has, and you need that, you know, not everybody's the same type of person there. Um, and I think like shout out to Neely because I think he's been like a really, really great captain for England and GB because his job is like, is bridging it sometimes between people who are a certain way and people who are a different way. Um, and there's also Meteors, Spartans, different clubs um, that obviously are rivals. So, so Neely is, is, is good at sort of um, bringing everyone together and fusing that. And that's something I wanted to talk about because, and I just want to highlight this for the, for the people listening. This is not an England squad. This was a squad comprised of Northern Ireland, Scotland, Wales, and, and England. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. yeah. So I want to, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I don't want to miss a, I don't want to miss a country get blasted. So Ryan, how did, how did it feel like managing, not just obviously your fellow English mates, but just other national team members who you otherwise would be playing against anyway? Well, I think, I think one of the biggest things that dodgeball sort of like has is that, that massive community aspect to it. So it's not like we were going in and it's, a bunch of people that I've seen on the opposite side of court, but never had the chance to like speak to, like had a good engagement with. So we went into went into the World Championships with a squad that I think a lot of us have had good conversations with these sort of players previously. So it made my job a little bit easier that you know everybody knew who who each other was, what their sort of character and their personality was, and I think like for the vast majority of it, the the vibe and the energy that everybody brought to the group overall was, it was better than I was expecting, to be honest with you. Like I, I was expecting something great, but we really hit levels off court, which like I think was one of the reasons that enabled us to go for the gold medal. Nice. Um, and yeah, you did bring up something very uh, interesting. It, it, in this sport, we, we do talk to each other a lot. So it's not like, the people that joined uh, GB were strangers to you. you. Even though you played against them several times, you have talked to several of the people before. So there wasn't any of what I call that feeling each other out period. You guys had already had that at some point, even prior to this. So let's talk about the training sessions leading, leading up to it. Uh, I believe it was Nathan that said that each training session was a new experience, a new lesson, a new discussion. Is that uh, a sentiment you would share, uh, Ryan and uh, Brett? Um, yeah, I think one of the biggest struggles that we had was because the training sessions were coming like thick and fast with short notice is that a lot of people had other commitments like Brett, um, as he said before, he wasn't fully, he, he didn't know where he was in terms of being able to go, not being able to go. So he was, he had other commitments that he rightfully so should be going to and he did and then everybody else had the same thing as well like I don't think there was one person that maybe Nathan did actually maybe Nathan was probably one of the few that hit every training session because everybody was just do it had other commitments that they had to hit so we were going to sessions with different groups of people so learning the calls and like feeling how we play around each other was always a new experience from one session to the next and having that mix was maybe a good thing. In my personal opinion, I would have loved to have had everybody there, but it's not just a case that people were just sat at home not willing to go. It was just people are just too busy. It was just too abrupt, too short notice. Yeah. I think I think it, it falling over the summer, like for, for any sport you play, you always find like you have like half the people there one week, half the people there the next or whatever. Um, mm. 
probably like reflecting GB going forward, especially now we've got two years to sort our training program out properly to make sure we have the dates well in advance and, and make sure we sort of um, have a better structure. I mean, that's what's quite kind of scary about this team is that we've gone and won gold and honestly, like the levels we can go to in terms of training more together. Um, the fact that we found that chemistry uh, as a team who had never really played together just, just shows like it's a credit to everybody that, that was part of it. I mean, for Nathan to be a part of every training session, that just tells me that, you know, for him, not to discredit anyone, but for him, ball is life. Like, he wanted to be anywhere. You could tell that man, training session in 30 minutes, and after we stop recording, this man's going to a training session in 30 minutes. <laughs> like, you were you were just all about it, weren't you, Nathan? You just wanted to just get in there and get as much experience as you can. And I can sit here and say this. As someone who's who's watched um, Euros and, and you know other events like that over there, you definitely stood out to me on that squad, and that squad has a lot of standouts to begin with. So, riding that wave, you definitely did that for sure. Um, so, how, how did that how did that feel even before landing um, in Edmonton, which which is going to be my next question? Well, first of all. Shout out to my dad, as I've mentioned a couple of times before, like he is an absolute hero and he's the best supporter that I could wish for. And he, uh, I can drive, but he takes me to all of the sessions. He likes being involved in the community and I'm sure the other two would comment on him as well. Not as overly necessary, but I'm sure they would. But like his commitment drives my commitment as well. Like if I'm ever feeling like, Oh, like everybody gets that whether they're training in the gym or training for football or whatever like either in work whatever it may be like you sometimes you wake up and you're like i really can't be bothered even when you're on the journey to being a world champion like sometimes you think this is a bit long traveling for four hours five hours three hours whatever it may be but like my dad pushing me towards that as well as my teammates of course like it makes me want to go to everything so every single weekend um we had some trainings in leicester some in leamington some in manchester um, I can't even think of the other places but each week they're in a different place and they, like I said they were between three and five hours away and each time like I went to them gave it my all I'm not a big trainer either like I don't really like training too much I felt like I said to him in the in the um, in the Nationals recap like I get burnt out very quickly and I find that if I'm playing for my club if I'm playing for my country if I'm training this training that training something else I do get burnt out very quickly but I guess when you've got a world championships ahead, like you just have to push through and know that the work that you're putting in will reap the rewards. And I don't think anybody trains with the idea that they're going to become a world champion and an MVP, but that's how it worked out. And, you know, I guess that's the benchmark now and that's what I've got to do every time. So. Well, it's expected now. It was, I think you, I don't know if you mentioned this on the episode or not, but your dad was at the British champs cheering loudly for you. Mate, he's at everything. Like he was in Canada, he was in Holland, he was in Liverpool. Like he comes to every like league meet, and yeah, he's at everything. Yeah, he's he's a he's a he's a meteor. That's for sure. <laughs> he's a he's a team dad. Yes, sir. Yeah. Nice, nice. So you you could definitely tell him. Um, well, I know he's gonna listen to this, or you're gonna tell him about it. But we'll definitely schedule an interview for you and get you uh, immortalized. <laughs> And if your dad decides to make a cameo, I'm letting him know right now. Go for it. (laughs) (laughs) So um, let's talk about, between the three of you, who landed in Canada first? It was Nathan, right? Uh, I think Ryan landed two days before me, maybe the day before. We both went to Banff, but I think he was there the day before, maybe. Yeah, I think I was was just one day ahead of you, yeah. And what was your uh, initial impression upon landing? Like just the beautiful scenery. Um, well, yeah. So we obviously landed in uh, Calgary, and like you can even just get a vibe of what the country is going to be just like from what you initially see when you come out the airport. And you've just got the vast expanse. You know, it just gives you the idea of how big the country is when you know things you're driving past are like five times bigger than what they would be in the UK, and then. Before you know it, my coach is only half an hour away from the airport and then you're already starting to see sort of like the mountains. And at that point, I did drift off to sleep because it was a long travel. But then when I woke up in um, in Canmore, like just the views there are absolutely stunning. Like where we were staying on the main road, you come out 
there's a mountain range right in front of you. You do a 180, there's one there as well. Like there's walks, there's hikes that you can get on a bike and just see an amazing trail, like like five minutes away from where you're staying. It was, yeah, it was pretty incredible. So um, I know Brett didn't really do any of the hiking, but did you do any particular sightseeing that we should know about there, Brett? Uh, I fully explored Edmonton, which is uh, not that much to explore. Uh, I came quite late, to be fair. Um, So I I joined up with the other Meteor boys, so Joe, uh, Nathan Christopherson, and Nick Mester. Um, But I I always say, like, honestly, the the company makes these trips because it it didn't matter what we were doing or where we were. Uh, You know, Edmonton's decent. It's okay. Um, And, yeah, you know, we went to the mall and, and all of that stuff. But like the the people on the trip really make it and you know it, they always they always roll out in the same way which is pre-tournament all you talk about is the tournament who's starting who's going to get on how are you going to play like you, you're like envisioning how the tournament's going to go and all that time you're always having the right laugh as well so um and then obviously as the tournament starts every night you, you're back together in the room talking about who played well how can I play better? Stuff like that. I just, I, I love the way they always roll out in the same format, no matter where you are, with the same people. So, <laughs> yeah. And shout out to Nick, Joe, and Nate, because, uh, yeah, they were sound on that trip. Hilarious, all three of them. For sure. So, before the ball is even put on the floor, and I'm going to ask each individually, who is the one country you were looking to facing the most in your division, in your category? And we'll go, we'll start with uh, Ryan. Um, I think for the most part, it was probably the US. I was really looking forward to playing like all of the teams that were that we've never faced before. So, well, we saw Australia a fair few years back, but you know, seeing teams that have come mostly from foam to play cloth was something that really interested me. But I think it was the US mostly that I was looking forward to playing against. What just because you haven't played them before on that on that particular. Uh, yeah, that is, that's the main reason, really, because I've never had... I always like meeting new opponents and seeing what they bring to the game um, and just seeing how, like, coming from a different ball type sort of brought up new ideas on how to approach cloth and what we can be doing tactically that's a little bit different or outside the box. So, and I think, uh, credit to them as well, for, like, they're all amazing guys. Like, their women as well looked like a great group of people and we had good fun with them on the um on the final day like doing little games on the side of court while we're waiting for matches to start so like it, for the for all nations really it was just meeting new people and seeing what they bring for the sport so yeah it was good fun what about you brett um yeah so like t- two trains of thought my, my first is obviously teams you haven't played uh well i played them in 2016 but it was slightly different uh people back then so <laughs> US, yeah, US, Australia, uh, Canada, those sort of countries you don't play regularly at the Euros. Um, you know, this this division is ours for me to, to show off what, how good we are. Uh, some of the American guys uh, were fully confident they were going to beat us, like hands down, like no word of a lie. They said, I, I spoke to some of them, probably with ND, and I said, oh, what do you think our score will be? And they said, oh, we'll win or we'll blow you out. Like, we'll win close or we'll blow you out. Um, and like full respect that confidence and stuff Um, and and their team really sound guys uh, really really good good bunch of people Uh, so I kind of wanted to just you know show where we were compared to that but for me also like Austria is always the thing for me going into it it was going to be a GB versus Austria final regardless of how confident any of the other countries were I'm so confident in those European teams and it was always going to be that final for me. So, so those guys are always on the radar because that's what's in the way of gold. What about you, Nathan? Um, I would echo what these two said. But for me personally, I think it was Australia. Like, like you said before, a ball was thrown. Like, I think I don't know if I had the chat with you, Brett, but somebody maybe it wasn't our, like before a ball was thrown. After after the first day, we played Mexico and Italy, and they're both comfortable games. But I think Brett said to me like, look. Australia are going to be a tough team. Like they've got a different team. They've been practicing for a while. They've played it like a lot back home. Like they're going to be strong. The USA think they're going to give us a good game, but I think what happened, but Australia, like that's the one that we're going to have to be like, 
you know, on the money for. And at the time before there was a schedule change, they were our last game on the second day. So we would have played mm -hmm. two matches prior to that. And I don't know, for, I think for all of the GB squad, like as soon as we're hit with a challenge, like that's what gets us the most excited. So for me, the idea that we could play a team that was, you know, potentially as good as us or as good as Austria, and we'd never seen them before, that kind of uncertainty led to excitement. And that was what kind of drove me to play well in that game. And I think like the start of that game, we went like 6-0 down or something. So I was like, right, okay, we're going to have to pull our socks up here. We're going to have to do well. But yeah, the, the team that I was excited for was Australia for sure. Yeah, um, I can vouch. They they definitely uh, been practicing cloth for a while now. And um, what do you remember what the scoreline was for that for that game? Well, the, the end one, I think. I think. I think it was twenty four ten, maybe twenty four eight or something. Yeah, something I think around that margin. I think we went we went six nil down. So we lost the first three sets, and then after that we went. We just kind of locked in a little bit and we went on a rampage. And I think we won about 24-2 in the, in the next like 20 minutes or so. So I think it was 24-8 or something, but correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll double check you, but that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how, how, how you guys found out about it, but I found out there were slight changes to the cloth rules. I want to say day two, maybe day one. Yeah. Um, how how did you guys did that throw you for a loop a bit, or were you guys already well aware that there were going to be some changes? Uh, we knew um, in advance, like a month or two months prior, that there were discussions about sort of bringing a couple of the rules together. Um, but we never really had like absolute certainty that it was definitely going to be this or this. So there were moments in our trainings where we were training with what the court was. But then also our own court that we played to in the European rules, just like to get a feel of what both were. And then the things of like um, the save rule with the catch rather than it being an out and a cap, like that sort of thing. Yeah. But ultimately, the, the game is still pretty much, it's a game of hit and not be hit. So like the 95% of it, we were still very confident in our in our ability and what we did in training. So it was just like day one, we didn't really see much in the Italy game, but I think when we went into day two, we had to, we were like, all oh, right, yeah, this extra little rule that's been brought in, this has happened now and we've seen it on court. So we'll just learn from it. And then just, we never really had many issues when it came to rule like queries or infringements. And you guys played um, Team USA day two, right? Yeah, they were our yeah. first game on day two, I think, yeah. And what was that experience like? I know pretty much all you guys said that's the, the matchup you were looking forward to. What, what did you guys think about the matchup after the fact? Um, do you want me to go? I'll go. Uh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, Nathan, Nathan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, like, you've watched sports. Like, you're a sports fan. If it's U.S. versus GB or U.S. versus England, that doesn't matter whether it's the Ryder Cup, in golf, Moscone Cup in pool, like it can be in football or soccer, it can be in anything. It's always like a little bit of a grudge match, isn't it? <laughs> and like Brett and I said, like he was right, it was me that was with him. And we went up to some of the American guys and they were lovely, by the way, like really, really nice bunch. And, but they said like, with their chest, they were like, we're going to smoke you guys. And we, me and Brett were like, all right, cool. Like that's, that's the kind of energy that we want. Like that's exactly what we want every team. We don't want no team coming to us with a weak mentality. We want you to bring it to us because that's 100% what we're going to bring to you. And we stepped on court and yeah, like it was, in my opinion, it was like a perfect sporting experience. Like there was, it was back and forth. It was hard work. It was like, I don't want to say a bit of niggle because I don't think it was a bit of niggle, but it was like, um, I don't know, it wasn't like nice. It was fun, but it wasn't nice, right? It's competitive. And I think we fully had to lock it in. I think our experience in cloth showed um, over the 30 minutes. And that there's a there's a couple of moments where it was very competitive, if if you know what I'm saying. And yeah. but after after the game, like we had chats, we shook hands, we hugged it out, we said like GG's, like hopefully see you in the final and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it was certainly a uh, competitive encounter. Okay, you said something I'm going to need you to define. You said it's not like it was 
Neagle? What does that mean? Neagle, so like... <laughs> it's like the most British thing I've heard. Yeah, to... maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I'm <laughs> like, what? Yeah, so like... Um, another term, like, we would say a bit of argy-bargy, like... Is <laughs> How do, I don't want to say it without having, like... I don't mean to have, like, a negative connotation around it, because it was fun, but it was like... Um, not... I guess you could say, like, aggression, like... Okay. Like we wanted to win, and so did they. So like, if if we did something wrong, like we would be annoyed, or if they did something wrong, they would be annoyed. Like if somebody caught us, like they would be hype. If we caught someone, we would be hype. So like sometimes that hype like clashes, you know. Like it was a yeah. it was a super competitive game between two very competitive teams, and like it didn't overboil at all. Like, I think it was managed pretty well, but like it was a hype encounter for sure. I just want to point out to the people at home there there's four people on this uh zoom call right now and only one had to ask what that meant <laughs> i had no idea what that meant so uh brett w uh what did you feel about the usa matchup um like, what was your personal experience with it after the fact uh, well mine's slightly different because i am um, like on day one i don't know if you know i actually pulled a muscle in my uh ql my oblique on my back Ooh. um so yeah, I, I, I came on against Italy first game. I was feeling like absolutely shit hot. I was like, yeah, you know, you just you just on your game and you're like, yeah, this this is going to be a good week. Um, and then second half of that game, uh, I had like a basically like a micro tear in my uh, it's your QL, so it's where your, your back comes into your oblique, so as you lean over to the side. Um, so I actually didn't play uh, the rest of day one. Uh, well, I wasn't going to play day one anyway, actually. Um, then day two, I didn't play any of those matches either. So I was I was a spectator from the side, which was really interesting actually, because like when you're involved in those matches and you see the intensity and you feel the intensity, and you're just in those moments in terms of like it spills over a little bit in terms of celebrations and passion and, and all of that. Watching it from the sideline is crazy because you're just in this. The best way to explain it is like if you're sober amongst a load of drunk people and a load of drunk people are finding everything funny and hilarious and boisterous and you're sobering like it's not that funny so it's kind of like weird having that experience and just seeing it from the side being like hey i'm normally that guy but it doesn't it seems more serious when you're playing whereas when you're off it's like that oh, it doesn't seem that serious like i think sport makes you like speed things up in your head and amplify things but no i think the lads smashed it like i think my story of this world is, is those lads absolutely smashed those those uh, games. I thought we'd win them. We definitely stepped up. Um, I, I don't even think, honestly, we were at our best against USA. I think we could have been better. I don't think we were at our best against Australia. I think we could have been better. And yet the score lines were very uh, convincing. So, like again, that's really, really good as a squad to reflect on. I would equate it to more like... You were the cornerman, and your train and and the person you trained for that fight, like you wanted to get get in there. The last thing you wanted, yeah, to, oh, where you oh, wanted to be, yeah. the last place where you wanted to be was on the sideline watching. You know, oh, yeah, what I mean? like, it, it, it felt like you yeah. had a, obviously you had a dog in that fight. You wanted to get in there, and that there had yeah, to be a level of anxiety, even though you have that level of comfort with your team and what they I mean, were able to do. There's nothing worse than watching sport and not being able to play. Like it's the single-handedly worst thing going. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I will I will play through pretty much any injury and just get on with things, but I was in so, so much pain and these lads will testify to it. I was in so much pain that week. Um, I was physically unable to throw a ball. I was physically unable to get on the court. Um, it, it became apparent as soon as the end of the first day that my target was getting back for the final and, and probably no sooner than that. And so having to watch it unfold. And again, that's where I say sort of thanks to Neely and also Josh McElroy as vice captain for having plenty of chats with me saying, look, you know, get yourself fit. You're part of the plan for this, um, you know, and keeping my head sorted. And, and Nathan as well, Nathan, um, David here, I, constantly chatting because as, as sick as they were playing and I was so hyped for them, you can't help but think, you know, I want to be a part of that. So I'm going to switch the question for you, Ryan. He, he credited you and Josh for kind of, you know, keeping him in, you know, mentally, mentally ready, mentally, you know, supported. Because that's a tough place to be, you know, whether you're a star player, 
bench player or someone in between to see your teammates in that position knowing that you could contribute in some way did it personally and I feel like I know the answer did it personally become a mission statement to get to the finals just so that Brett can have his moment um I think it was probably like for, for most of the players a little thought in the back of their mind that you know like like he said like Brett had a great performance in Italy I think as a whole team we really hit the ground running and then we for me I had a couple of thoughts going you know that can't be his only time that he spends on court because I have no doubt in my mind Brett is too competitive that if we weren't able to get through the semi-final and we were in a third place playoff and knowing that with two days in advance Brett wouldn't be Brett wouldn't have been in a third place but playoff I just Brett would have been too competitive I think he would have it's all or nothing for Brett I think like and that's only a credit to him like he's he's done so many things with that sort of mindset that it's gold or nothing like so I think it was always on like always in people's minds like you know we've still got a job to do not only for ourselves and the team but like you know he's at, he has effectively injured himself for the benefit of the team and he he's, he's we can see that he's racing back to fitness so we can't just let him finish on a sour note let's get into the final and let's put it all out on court and, and also uh Sergio I just want to shout out like the physios that were at that venue uh every day um literally like treating me three four times a day for five days straight um like unbelievable job and without them 100% there's a number of other players as well that had uh, little injuries and stuff um like massive just can't say thank you enough for those for even getting us to a position where we can play yeah um i also want to point out if you guys in the unlikeliness would have been in the third place playoff the man i do not want to sit next to on a plane back would be brett um <laughs> i did not want to sit next so to a pissed off brett in a playoff so moody. in a third place playoff <laughs> or or nearly no honestly no, no i I've had many an experience with an upset Brett over the years, so it's uh, it's a lot easier to manage nowadays than what it would have been like four or five years ago. So, okay, fair. You we're have now, the experience now, aren't we? Nearly, we're mellowed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. Honestly, honestly, though, like, um, so it's such a shout out to the squad and the way they all played, and you know the support network that was there because um, everyone just dug in and, and did so well to, together. So. Uh, I'm sure we'll come on to the final later, and I'll, I'll add a piece in there, but yeah, shout For sure. Um, so with that segue, I want you guys to talk about this, talk about everyone else on the panel. So for Ryan, uh, obviously, you know, Brett was out for most of the tournament until the finals, but did he have any particular standout moment in the finals that you realized, like, you know what, you know, people should know about this, like, did he have any particular standout moment in the finals? And same thing with Nathan. Did he have any particular moment that stand out for him during the trip? I think um, particularly in the final, and it is a credit to what the pair of them brought when they were both playing at five and six, was there were frames in the first half where we are we are down by one, two, sometimes three players. And those boys, it's either one of them or both of them were on. And what won us the final in effective was the grit and just the sheer determination to turn it round. That I, that's what I feel like we really had in abundance compared to Austria. Is that when we were when we were down and it looked a bit bleak, these boys, particularly these two, because they were controlling and dictating the pace of the game, was we're not going down in this frame. That and minute twenty, minute thirty goes by, and it's been turned round. Whether it's with a clutch catch or some really good throwing from the pair of them. Like and then dictating what the other wing does as well to balance the flow of the game. So for me, it was just like I know that these boys, I've played alongside them for years, I've played against them for years. Like I know that the level of grit and determination that they both have is it's it's right up there with the best. And they brought it out to the next level in that final because without that, it we would have gone into the second half looking like in a desperate situation, to be honest. And that's something I wanted to point out before uh, asking Brett. You guys, and, and I'm just going to highlight Nathan and David, but you as well, Ryan. 
Um, you guys don't win pretty. You guys win in the grit, the dirt, bite your way out, claw your way out. I mean, you guys are effectively, you guys play effectively well. But when it comes down to that, just that inch, that one yard line, if you want to use a football reference, that one yard line where you just have to punch it in, you guys do that. And that's something that sometimes doesn't translate on film. Or maybe it does, depending on who's paying attention to what uh, devil in the detail. But you guys do win in the trenches, and that's something yeah, I, think, that I wholeheartedly uh, respect. It's like it's like the do or die moments of every single frame. It's like this one throw has to be caught, or the frame is over. And a lot of times you'll watch them either just not hit the person, or they get a really nice hit, and you think, "Oh, that's the frame done." But our boys like reach out, and it's that clutch catch down by the side of you, or whatever. <laughs> and then before you know it, the momentum swings. You then do a two-ball attack and hit somebody else. Now you're up. And then the whistle blows. And it's that 10, 15 seconds of change, which I thought that, well, I, I always think that the UK dodgeball scene has a lot more. Maybe it's from our competitive leagues that we just see a lot more of these sort of like clutch like moments in plenty of games. Yeah, you definitely see a lot of those in St. George's Park, so it's not a surprise that you would see this on the world stage. What about you, Brett? Um, any standout uh, moments or plays that you, you saw from Nathan and Ryan? Whether um, it was in the finals or leading up to it? Yeah, I, I think more reflecting on, on the, the tournament as a whole for both of them, I just thought they were both uh, fantastic on and off the court. Um, I thought uh, Neely was, was, was brilliant uh, playing, obviously, with him in that first game. I just thought, yeah, exceptional player. We know what what Neely can bring to the team, um, both as a captain and as a player. And and that that's a difficult role. So so something obviously I want to sort of mention is obviously I do it for uh, meteors, and it definitely definitely distracts you that you're thinking about your own game as well as you're thinking about well we've got six unbelievable subs and do I need to be changing somebody and are the tactics right. And, and there's, there's there's so much more that goes into that uh, role. So um, yeah, big shout out to Neil for for not only his performances but but in his role as captain because I know how difficult that is. And you're trying you're trying to deliver, and you think, yeah, well, half my head's thinking, do I need to get two players on, or do, you know, do I need to change something because you know he's not had enough game time or he's missed the catch? And so you're thinking about everybody else in that situation as well as yourself. So it's a difficult job. Um, so yeah, nearly for the whole week, really good. Um, and, and and for having the sort of ability to trust his team as well, like he he's involved in the the, the team that gets selected for the final. And did, I think you start. Did you start off, Neely? Did you, I yeah, I started myself off. I put Joe yeah, on. Yeah, I don't think he was on the first. Yeah, like, two, three games. Yeah, like to to start yourself off in in a, in a final. Um, and there's other teams, not you know, not necessarily GB, but other countries and teams where. I've seen captains not drop themselves where they potentially could have, and I think it takes a lot to do that. In terms of Nathan, um, obviously with me being injured, he he then essentially moved into my position. Um, I think he had a really, really solid tournament. Uh, I thought he, he controlled games well. His, his throwing was, was really on point in terms of the hits he was getting and the revenge shots were absolutely on point. Um, and I think he had a fantastic tournament too. I think... Um, everyone did really. I thought Nathan Christofferson had a really, really strong tournament, as did Joe Brown and, and some of the lads we haven't played with as much before. So uh, it was really just, yeah, it was it's brilliant to get on in the final and play with you guys um, and, and to have any impact, obviously, was, was really fun. And that's something I wanted to point out that I figured one of you guys would mention, but Brett was the first to mention it. I, it is difficult to take yourself out as a captain, in part because... You want to be in the thick of it. And maybe there's an element of ego and confidence that's mixed in. But the presence of mind that Ryan had, plus the trust that he had with his team, like, if he benches himself in any other situation, that could probably spell a, 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 chain, a, a turn of events that can turn out negatively for that team. But when you look at that bench on players uh, who are all-stars on their own teams, that's a, that's a nice little crutch to have. If I bench, you know, Ryan and then a healthy Brett Koenig comes on the court, am I really losing something? I have another leader on the court. I have another general. And, you know, Ryan took himself off maybe because of the matchup or maybe because of, you know, 
by his standards, maybe not so well play. But that's not a bad thing to do when you have something like that on the bench waiting for it to come in. You know what I mean? In many other it's situations... Like it made my job easy. Like like you say, it's, it's really hard to... You know, I, I, I started the tournament really hot. I felt like my day one was really good, not just for the men's, but for the mixed. But I went through day two and three sort of like on a slow downward trajectory and you know that's okay like instead of hitting eights i was hitting seven out of tens maybe six and a half out of ten and it is hard to like go do you know what today just isn't going to be my day and that's okay then like sometimes it's hard but then I, i look around and i see a team full of like quality it's stacked to the nine of like unbelievable talent so it's just okay i'm going to take myself out and this person's going to come in and do the bare minimum of what I was going to do. And then if not, they're going to do a lot more. So it was just kind of a, yeah, sometimes you got to let go of the reins on court. And then I, I was still like performing a roll off court. I was, if people getting hit or getting caught, they were coming into the box. I was able to give them a few words and then they go off again and deliver, you know, rally the troops every now and again when they need it. But, you know, your job is still there to be done. It's just whether I'm on the court or not. So, yeah, when it came to the final, it wasn't my wasn't my time to be in the six, and that's okay. And you say this with the level of calm and composure that I think other captains, whether they're on the national team or not, should really take note. I mean, you have a level of trust that you know doesn't blow my mind because I know you, but it would probably blow a lot of captains' minds who aren't in that position or at that level, or maybe they are at that level, and maybe ego takes precedence. Uh, so you definitely set the standard there pretty high. So, um, Nathan, any uh, highlights that you would note, um, that you want to shout out for Brett and, uh, and Ryan uh, during the tournament or the final? Yeah, I think, just to echo what we are saying on Ryan, I think his position or his role as a captain really does lift up the individuals and therefore collectively lifts up the team. I don't think, I think it's something that he is aware of, but perhaps not so much the impact that he has on the individuals. And I'll speak about myself in a second, but like he, his ability to be so humble and just say, do you know what? This isn't my day. I will trust someone else. But like that trust doesn't come easy. And the trust that he shows in other players then allows those other players to play freely and they play with the trust too. So they trust in their captain. They're like, do you know what? He believes in me, so I believe in myself. Whereas when you play in these international tournaments, it's very easy to think that because I haven't started in this game or that game, I'm suddenly not good enough. And Ryan is fantastic at using his role as a captain to lift people up and make them believe in themselves. And I would like to think, I didn't speak to Joe about it, and I haven't spoken to Nathan or, or Nick or whoever it may be who had fantastic tournaments, but I haven't spoken to them about Ryan's impact on them and the fact that, you know, it is the final and I want you to play in it and I trust you to play in that. And I can only imagine that that made them feel like a million dollars and like they were going to smash the whole world. And that's pretty much what they did. So <laughs> from a tactical point of view, like Ryan's a nightmare to play against because he's so hard to hit. Like he plays in the middle. He knows his job when he has a ball, like he'll either give it to the wingers or he'll throw the odd single and he's got a good throw and stuff. But like when he, he just, I don't know how people hit him because he's so good at dodging. Which, <laughs> he like, just ducks, dude. He ducks everything. Like he's he's smirking now for the viewers at home. Like he's smirking, but because he knows it's true. Like his job is to be annoying. Like as a <laughs> as a captain, as a, as a captain, his role is like very personal. But on the court, like he's just annoying. He's throwing himself around. He's jumping. He's bouncing. He's ducking. He's diving. Whatever, and he gets out of the way, and then that gives us the majority of the balls, or it gives us as a winger the chance to kind of retaliate, knowing that you know, one of our middle players hasn't been hit and that's an invaluable asset to have. And we can rely on him to get out of the way. And I don't have to worry about Ryan getting hit. I can just do my own thing. And again, it comes back to trust. And Ryan's role for me throughout the tournament, like, again, I guess it's a captain thing, but it's like a person thing. And it's the relations that we've built over the last five years or however it's been like, I say to him, I just look at him like, I'm going nuts because I'm a, I'm a hype player. I like to play of hype. That's how I get the best out of myself. 
but I just look at him and I just say, just talk to me, just talk to me. And to the viewers at home or listeners at home, like they won't have any idea the context of what that means, but he knows exactly what it means and he knows exactly what to say at what time. And it not even necessarily calms me down because I don't need to be calmed down, but it puts my headspace back to where I need to be to lead the team. And again, it's a trusting and, and Ryan knows it and Brett knows it. And there's a couple other people that know how to do it, but it's a very specific role and it helps to get the best out of me for sure. Um, and into Brett, like I didn't play an Italy game when he got injured and therefore the only time we played together was in the final. And, you know, like <clears throat> Brett and I are like brothers. So we had a couple of like deep chats throughout the week, you know, would I be playing in the final? Would he be playing in the final? Will he make the final? Like, is he useless in this week? And like Brett's never useless. Like he'll tell you every single game that we played, I was like walking off court and I was like, bro, was my call okay? Is my head okay? Like, is my throw okay? What would you do here? What would you do there? And that's like mid game. And like, I lean on him as, as like a leader, as a player, as a brother. And I expect him to be honest. And like, he very rarely said, do this, do that, do something else. But when he did, I took that on board and I'd hope that he and the team would think that, that I did it well. So his role for me is like more than just player. But in the final, like it really sticks out for me. Like he came in and he he delivered a, a fantastic performance. And I remember after one set in the second half, like he pulled off a catch and I think he clutched the set. And like I go over and like I hug him and I'm like, good job, bro. And I look into his eyes and like he's literally crying, right? And I don't know how many people like know that and I don't want to like out him for it, but like he was in pain. Like he yeah. was he was taking a lot of pills and he was like strapped up and he'd had physio for like four days, but the dude was still crying. Like Brett is a tough dude and he was on court in tears. And if you can, if you can look him in the eyes and not be determined from that and you can see you're giving a hundred percent, but he's given 150%. And if that doesn't raise your level, nothing will. Nothing you're in a world will. championship final and you, you're looking towards a leader in the team, someone who's experienced and someone who's quality, but someone who's giving that that more. It doesn't matter how hard he throws or how well he catches the ball. Like, look at what he's giving from like a mental and emotional standpoint. And for me, like, I was tired, man. I've been playing like four days, and this is like 20 minutes into the final or half an hour into the final, whatever. Like, I'm tired. I'm hurting. But I look at him and I think, if he can do it, and if he can give that, so can I. So let's dig a little, a little bit deeper. Let's wrap this game off and then let's enjoy it. And that's what Brett gave me and that's what Ryan gave me. Yeah. Um, I, I, I will say something to that, man. Like, that if that isn't like Michael Jordan's flu game, Brett, <laughs> I don't know what is, man. Like, I, I didn't know that you went through such a gnarly injury. And I can tell mentally sitting out for most of that tournament was not in your in your playbook not in your itinerary but making the final and bringing home gold definitely was and the fact that you 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 kept nathan mentally in it (laughs) no yeah like i I look back at that stream and you can't tell at all but like i said to my my family and friends and, and stuff like I mean, I probably like we have a league in four weeks, and it's probably going to be a stretch to get back to the league. And I'm not, I'm not playing mind games because Neely's here. I, I swear that. Um, but yeah, I was, I, yeah, I, was, I was, I, I was honest. I was honestly in as much pain as I've ever been, and um, before and after, I was in so much pain. And I still look back and go, like, I literally know how I did, idea how I actually played that match. And yeah, like Nathan says, there was, I, I was, I was physically in just so much pain but the adrenaline playing for the team playing to try and win um and I I just felt and like I'm not into all of this stuff generally but I just felt like from day one that I was going to have something to do with that final like I was going to be involved somehow and, and, and produce a performance um and so like again shout out to literally everybody around who, who helped that to happen and and to the coaches and stuff for trusting me to get on like we I think we could have probably won that final with any version of a six between like 10, eight to 10 people. I think we could have played a version of a six and one in some manner. So like being trusted to be on that, that team and with the lads was, was I think honestly, like it ranks up there with, with any tournament I've ever played in, in terms of like emotions and achievements. And uh, you know, these lads in this 
especially we've won euros we've won worlds we've won and probably everything in the game and, and i put that one right up there for me as, a, as an absolute favorite so it's going to be tough to top as well as the mind games you try to play on Ryan in four weeks. Um, <laughs> but before we... <laughs> I know you too well, Brett. Don't. <laughs> you guys are friends now, but it's business in four weeks. Stop playing around like we don't talk every other day. Neely's <laughs> um, coming back to us, I've heard. Wait, what happened? <laughs> uh, more rumors, more rumors. <laughs> We won't get into that. I won't put Ryan on the spot. <laughs> I won't put Ryan on the spot, but I wanted to highlight something before I, I go into one of my final segments for Nathan. I know you said um, Brett kind of kept you in it, you know, asking if you, you, know, you kept asking if the play was right, if, if this was right, if your head's right. I kind of want you to take this moment now, two weeks after the fact, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying this as a player who's been playing for 12 years, not so much in cloth, but just in general. I want you to get comfortable in your skin. And I say that as someone who's watched you play. I say that as someone who has talked to these two about you. You you have, you have an, a tremendous, tremendous limit to reach that you haven't even grasped just yet. I want you to take each day and have that confidence within yourself to realize that you may not be on their level as far as their their lineage of accomplishments, but if you stay on this path, you will be. And don't don't question yourself, brother. You're on this panel for a reason. You are on that team for a reason, and you'll be on future iterations of this team for a reason. Yeah, hundred percent. If he stays right, around, thank you. Thank you very much. Round, Thank you. I'm saying this as someone who's watched European games. I'm saying this as someone who's watched England play for God knows how long. You belong on that team. So if my if my opinion carries any kind of weight, I hope it pushes you in the right direction and having that self confidence within yourself to do some damage, not just at St George's Park, but anywhere that you that you play for Meteors, anywhere that you play for England, anywhere that you play for GB. I want you to have that confidence and assurance in yourself that those questions are minimal. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Big love. Thank you very much. And with that... I can uh, just add on to that. It's like the way... Sorry. The way I kind of look at it is like Nathan has like fought for years to get to the level that he's at now. Like he's in the top whatever percent. He's top, top player. This is like... This is the level that everybody wants to be at. And Nathan's there now, you know, he's got t- he's got titles coming out of his pockets. He's got them from everywhere. And now a world title to boot. So but this is where the challenge, really, in my eyes, really begins. You've hit the top, but it's now continuing the work and continuing the drive to show why you're at the top. It's, maintain- it's just maintaining it now and continue the success rolling in, which I have no doubt he will. He's got a very strong head on his shoulders and... Um, you know, I mean, I hope it's not Super League because I'd like to win. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I see you week two, man. I see you week two. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, Ryan, I've seen you play, and I've never played against you, but you're you're annoying to watch. As many people uh, try as to hit, you, yeah. no, no, I mean it in the way like a lot of people try to hit you, and you just duck like Super Mario. You don't. Yeah, you, yeah. It's almost effortless when you do that. So when you do get hit, it's almost like either off a ricochet or a really well-placed toe shot. But that's annoying even for me to watch because I'm just sitting here thinking, like, if I'm on that team, I'm like, guys, we can't dump four guys, four balls on them. Like, we've got to stop yeah, doing I... this. <laughs> My final question is your overall impression over the weekend and how did it feel watching your, essentially your little brother and Nathan get crowned MVP? And we'll start with Brett. Okay, whilst I've got my Wi-Fi. Uh, so overall impression of the tournament, it was fantastic. I thought the venue was amazing. I thought, uh, especially the final, that was such a cool place to play with all, all the bleachers and stuff. Um, Organisation was fantastic. The volunteers who stepped up were brilliant because it doesn't get anywhere without people volunteering to, to rep and take time. Massive shout out to the organisers, to everybody that was involved because it's such, like, honestly, it's such a big tournament 
the stream was fantastic, the commentary. So I just want to shout out everybody because the sport looks amazing when it's at the top level like that. Um, and hopefully it can continue to grow. So the tournament was fantastic. Uh, the, the sportsmanship was really good. This, the level of competition was, was, was very high. Um, and yeah, obviously nothing better than winning gold. That was the goal we went to achieve. Um, we've obviously got that title now for two years and we are 100% going to keep that title in Austria 2024 uh, and beyond. <laughs> and if this squad stays together, there's no reason it can't be the start of a, a you know, a repeat or a three-peat, as you call it in the States. Um, <laughs> and yeah, no, it was, uh, for me, it was, was amazing seeing like my teammates play so fantastically well throughout the week. Uh, Nathan, especially, was somebody I've been talking to all year, trying to convince him to stay in the sport because he had some reservations. Uh, to see him lead was, was, was unbelievable. And then obviously to get to play with him in the final, um, I thought, he fully deserved the MVP over the week. Um, I think you know, the decision was the right one. Um, and I'm looking forward to obviously going strength for strength with this team, um, both at club level and internationally. And yeah, I'm just buzzing to get back on now, but I want to get playing again. Well, you got four weeks to do so and recover. Oh, Ryan. Be careful about that injury, Brett. We don't want you to come back too soon. <laughs> <laughs> No, if anything, Ryan's going to push for it, at least for now, until Euros, and then he's going to tell you to be careful. Um, <laughs> gamesmanship. I already know how it's being played, guys. Stop playing with me. Um, so, Ryan, same question. Overall impression of the tournament, and how did it feel like watching, essentially, your protege take MVP? Yeah, I wouldn't quite, wouldn't quite put it like that, but um, like, <laughs> that is like for the for the tournament and the uh, the venue itself. Like the venue, in my opinion, was the best venue I've ever played dodgeball in. I thought like it was a great decision to go to the dimensions that matched the volleyball court because you know it just made it what just made it better for us as a team to play in. But then it was so clear to play on as well. Um, it was so distinct what the court was, and they were. You know, just the venue had tons of them, and like Brett said on the final day, and for the um, the uh, day four as well, that venue where all the bleachers that everyone's sitting near the core and all supporting and watching the game, it's it's crazy. You know, I, I do dream that we will get to a point where those bleachers, which probably housed a couple of thousand people, will get filled. There will be people that like aren't players that come to watch. I know there was a few, but there will come a time where we will get people coming to watch this sport. And I hope that we are the sort of players that are in and around the, the teams when that happens. But um, to go back, yeah, venues class. I thought the organisation was um, was really, really good. Like I, to, to get two different ball types into the same room and like different ball sets, the like complexities for the referees to work with different ball sets was was really good overall. Brett touched on the volunteers. Like, I mean, we we touched in on a couple of games, but we know that like some nations really stepped up in terms of like stepping in for line refing and even for head refing some courts just to keep the tournament going. So, credit to them, credit to the community. Without everybody wanting it to be successful, it wouldn't be. So, and um, yeah, touching on Nathan. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. It's I think me and Brett are a very fortunate. Um, couple that we have achieved something similar in the past we know how it feels so to then see somebody that you know has been building up to this level for so so long now and see how it feels for that person like don't get me wrong we all strive to want to be the best on the day or for the tournament but to see somebody like Nathan get to that level perform at that level constantly throughout the whole tournament act like a true professional and then get into the final and receiving that reward is, yeah. I couldn't ask for anything more as a captain um, of Nathan for him to get that award and, yeah, seeing what it meant to him, seeing what it meant to his parents. Obviously, he said his dad and his mum were there. Um, yeah, it was an amazing feeling and I can only imagine it was 10 times more for Nathan to get it himself. So, <laughs> Credit to him on his performance and how he's handled himself for the last few years. And like Brett said, 2024, yeah, baby, band's still the same. We're going to do it again. <laughs> and 
we don't, we can don't I, stop. We'll just keep this train rolling. Can I just add as well? Like, I think go for it. The biggest, the, one of the biggest achievements, actually, but for me personally, is uh, in terms of cloth dodgeball, is the showcase that European dodgeball teams put on. Um, Definitely. We, we, I had people coming up to me from Australia, from USA, who were saying, "I cannot believe cloth dodgeball can be played at that level." I did not realize, like I had some Australian guys go, you, we throw it faster than we throw a foam ball. I didn't think that was possible. Or we, we had people saying, we didn't know you could catch like that or the speed could go like that. And so what we've done, GB Austria, especially because it was the European showcase, is show the world how good cloth dodgeball can be. And I've had like some of the US guys saying, I want to enter the British Open. We want to get better in the next two years. Same for Canada, same for Australia. And so I think the biggest achievement personally is, is putting that on a world stage and showing people like there's always going to be preferences, foam, cloth, rubber, whatever it might be. But like we've 100 percent done our job now that people can look and go cloth dodgeball is an unbelievable version. It might not be my favorite. It might not be your favorite or, or whatever, um, but it's an unbelievable version and we can get better. Like where we are is not the ceiling. And it, it, the fact that people are motivated to beat us in two years time i just think like we've done our job for, the, for the, that side of the sport true, true pioneers but good luck because uh these guys are going for a repeat <laughs> I, have no, I have no doubt in their determination <laughs> all right and that was my interview with the members of the gb cloth men's gold medal uh gold medal team i'd like to thank uh ryan neal uh brett koenig and nathan david for hopping on and not only sharing their narratives with me, but overall just sharing their experience and the chemistry that they have that's clearly evident when you heard this episode. Um, currently working on getting uh, Malaysia and Malaysia Foam and the women's Canadian team on, so stay tuned for that. And um, if you listened up at this point, thanks so much and have a wonderful day.